Welcome to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bryant the Boom Corrigan, joined, as always, by the diabetic dynamo himself, Andrew Dobius. Hello. And it's not Dobias, it's Dobius, correct? That's correct. It's Czechoslovakian. God, you doesn't exist anymore. Uh, And Brennan, the producer, Pika, is taking a quiet role again today as well. So, Andrew, it's going to be you and me in our cage match today. We're breaking down our biggest differences in our top 20 running backs. Uh, And for those unfamiliar with the cage match, two opinions enter the ring. One opinion Mm -hmm. leaves. Uh, And what we're going to do is talk about these these players that we have ranked differently, defend our position, uh, and you guys decide who wins, who's right, who's wrong. Uh, but really, it comes down to why Andrew is as wrong as he is. Uh, it really just comes down to who looks bad, because this is something I definitely want to look back on at the end of this season and see how how right I was. Yeah, Andrew, you know, there's a lot of things you're good at. Yeah. Beating me is not one of them. I can beat you in a few things. Golf. So I'll mini give golf. You that, that one. Beating you in air hockey a couple times. A couple times out of hundreds. Couple times out of a couple hundred. Yep. And uh, fantasy predictions? No, yeah, I'd say 50 50. <laughs> but the season before that, I was doing pretty good. So all that we're... matters is recent history. So, yeah. my friend, you we're... are old as dirt. Uh, we can just jump into our cage match here today. Let's do for it. For the do most it. impactful position in all of football running backs, kickers. Oh. <laughs> kickers. Shoot. Hot Rodriguez all the way. Uh, yeah, Blankenship. Anyway, here we go. RBs. The difference yep. between RBs and wide receivers are there are a lot of receivers and mm-hmm. pretty much wide receiver 15 through 30 are all pretty much the same. So with running backs, there is a huge difference at the top. It is top heavy so you have to make sure you get somebody who can make a difference. Uh, this is a position yeah. that can make or break your team. Very hard to replace. Uh, and we'll jump into it here. The first player we will break into is someone who is near and dear to my heart. I have a more aggressive ranking for Cam Akers running back Very for aggressive. the Rams. I have him at 11. So a top 12 running back, a RB1, RB1 if yeah. you will. You have him at number 15, which places him too, firmly in might be RB2 too high. category. Honestly, I, it might be a little too high for me still. So, yeah, you know, Andrew, I'll go first. See. I'll go, go first. For it. So first I'll explain why I feel the way I do, and then I will explain why you are wrong. Okay. Cam Akers, last season, first season in the NFL. He came to the NFL from, I believe, Florida State, who had... Yes. One of the worst offensive lines people have witnessed ever. It was an absolute travesty. And it was a big question mark if he would be functional in the NFL. Because it was really hard to gauge how good he actually was because of that offensive line. Mm -hmm. He had to wrestle with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown last season for an impact role in this Rams offense. Once he took that role... He looked phenomenal. He looked every bit the part Sean McVay was hoping he would be. Daryl Henderson, because of injury, was left in the dust. And when given the opportunity, Cam Akers dominated. 
Uh, Andrew, I know what you're going to say. It was one game, whatever. It, there was one dominant performance against Patriots, but he did also show other performances where he was good. Um, and throughout the season, you know, he didn't have big performances when he was still breaking out with his little opportunities. He showed a clear vision, a powerful run. You could just tell he was cut from a different cloth. And that's my argument. Cam Akers, you can tell, has a different pedigree than Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson's a fine running back, but Sean McVay knows what he has in Cam Akers. When he gave him the workload, he dominated. They're not going to get away from that. This offensive line is still splendid. Sean McVay has a knack for getting the most out of his running backs. And Matthew Stafford has come to town. This is going to be the best quarterback Sean McVay has had the luxury of working with. Uh, and I think it's going to make a huge difference. Matthew Stafford loves receiving backs. I don't think there's anybody better in the NFL than involving running backs in their offensive attacks uh, than Matthew Stafford. And Cam Akers is a very, very capable pass catcher. Uh, I think that's where he really makes that difference. When it comes to just rushing, he's he's pretty good. He's a He's a pretty darn good runner. But with his pass catching opportunity, I think that puts him over the edge to be a top 10. I have, him, I have him at 11. That's me being a little bit of a coward. I think he can legit finish top 10 if things break the proper way. Uh, I'm going to say why you're wrong. Andrew, I know your argument. Okay. It's too much of a All risk. Right. You know what? Yeah. You know, it is, it's risky. This is, not a pl- this is not a move for someone who is on the fence. You know, if you're familiar with history, Nikola Tesla, Thomas Edison, there was an argument over AC, DC electricity. Mm -hmm. Edison, he just wasn't there yet. He had it wrong. Once he figured it out, he changed his tune to what Nikola Tesla was pitching. Uh, And Andrew, I think it's the same thing that you're going to walk into. Cam Akers, he showed us that glimpse. You're backing away from the light. You think it's just a flash. I see it for what it is. It is a supernova. I'm walking into it. Arms spread open wide. I want to be ahead of that train. You know, I, I don't want to be the guy who, who pays up after his price is already through the moon. You can get him in the second round. You know, he's you're not paying that top 10 RB premium. I think he's going to deliver that value. Cam Akers, he's a future. His time is now. Get on board the hype train. Boop, boop. So, oh, that was that was a train. All right, uh, <laughs> more like a tugboat. You got some of my argument there. Uh, that was more of a tugboat. Uh, you got some of my argument there. Obviously, the risk is there, right? And uh, it, it it is true. There is a big risk. To me, even Cam Akers as an RB fifteen is a risk, which is where I have him ranked. There is a very high potential for him he is a, a super high ceiling like you said sean mcveigh top five ceiling he, he utilizes his running backs very well he gets the most out of them with matthew stafford coming in he always throws the ball to the running back however it's just i just again i haven't seen anything out of cam Akers. you brought it up i was always gonna i was gonna mention the one game he had where he had 100 plus rushing yards that was one game he only had two total rush, <laughs> two total rushing touchdowns last season, one receiving. So a total of three total touchdowns last season. It, it, people are are crazy 
when they're talking about cam makers because they're using this tiny sample size and then they twist it and say, oh, when he got his opportunity, he was amazing. Here's something that I, I figured out pretty early on and I was saving it until the next time we got to talk about cam makers. Oh, you bastard. Yeah, it's this is the, once upon a time I traded away cam makers to Bryant because <laughs> I was doing a lot of research on acres and I, I noticed something that was a little concerning uh, and the acres hype was real. So you have cam makers at number 11. You have David Montgomery at number 19. Here's something very ugly. That final stretch of games that Cam Akers had that everyone says, oh, he, he did amazing with that opportunity. That's weeks 12 through 17, with the exception of week 16 when Cam Akers didn't play. So we're talking 12, 13, 14, 15, and 17. David Montgomery, in those same weeks, finished way higher than Cam Akers. Mm-hmm. Way higher. He had more yeah. rushing yards, more rushing touchdowns. He even had more rushing attempts than Cam Akers, which is the big argument for Cam Akers this season, that he's getting a ton of attempts. David Montgomery did have an easy schedule, but so did Cam Akers. Cam Akers played the Cardinals twice during that stretch, also played the New York Jets. There's not a really good argument there. There's not a valid argument that, oh, David Montgomery performed better because he faced easier opponents. Like, if you're a good running back, you're a good running back. And Cam Akers is good, but so is David Montgomery. I have them both ranked very similar to each other. It's just crazy to me that if I see that David Montgomery is performing better than Cam Akers, why is Cam Akers so much higher on everybody's list? That's just, I mean, looking at the stats, you can look oh, at... looking, at, looking yeah. at the stats. According <laughs> looking to at the stats, it's, it's, I'm right. David Montgomery look is here, equivalent numbers, to Cam bitch. Akers. Here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. They, I, David Montgomery got more attempts. Yeah. Like the... Bro, apples and oranges, though, man. The situations for both of these players are completely different. Starting this season, Tariq Cohen's back in the picture. Justin oh, Fields is in the picture. He's struggling. Uh, Cam Akers, Matthew Stafford's in town. Wrangled the job from Daryl Henderson. Their situations going into weeks, week one this season are very, very different. So and what comes down to pure talent, I think Cam Akers is a better runner than David Montgomery. I sure. think the situation for Cam Akers is more that. favorable than it is for David Montgomery. And I think the Bears offense is going to be taking a very different approach than it did this previous season with Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky fields very different quarterbacks, very different offensive mm-hmm. style, I believe. Uh, so we'll see, man. I, I yeah. certainly see where you're coming from. My my nickname for you is Trojan Man because you were all mm-hmm. about playing it safe. I'm playing it um, safe. You know how we, we made that bet uh, on C.D. Lamb doing better than um, Terry McLaurin. I would no, feel okay. confident. We we did. It's on the record. It's in a past podcast. Uh, I would feel confident in saying that David Montgomery has a higher chance. I think he could finish higher than Cam Akers this season. Actually, All I right. think he will finish higher. Throw it up, you B word. It's it's on the record. 
On the record, Cam Akers finishes higher than David Montgomery. Prepare to suck oh, it, it's my just friend. Crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, there's so many players hey, that did better during that stretch. Until it's proven right. You would also crazy space Dobbins. travel until we did it. You would also crazy Dobbins hearing did polio until we did it. I just don't get the Are hype around Cam Akers. Are you pro-polio? Bro. Oh, you you know I'm not pro polio. And no we're rooting for the Confederacy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is this is what happens. There's no th- there's just not a strong argument for Cam Akers. Oh there's my, argument oh my God. for there is a strong no, argument. You're no. just taking the safe he's, route out because you are a, a baby. There is an argument baby. for Cam Akers, but he's way overhyped. I mean, he's being drafted beginning of the second round. Why why is he being drafted as a top 10? He's being drafted his upside. He's being drafted his ceiling, which is a top 10 running back. He is not going to be a top 10 running back. He is going to be a good running back too. And that's the facts. Daryl Henderson is still going to be involved in this offense. They played a hot hand last season. They're going to do it again this season. It's a whole new wow. offense. This, a whole this new was game. a large... This is a long argument, my man. This is our big. This is really our biggest yep. argument. Yep. Honestly, because the the next ones are going to be quick and easy. So, closing argument: You're yep. wrong. I'm right. Next. Yep. <laughs> uh, our, our next player, we have a difference on. Not a major one, but one worth Not mentioning. Najee Harris. Real quick. What? Okay. I should mention we agreed a lot on most of these running backs. Our our yeah. top 5 are exactly the same. Our biggest yeah. difference is a difference of 4 in these running backs. So yeah. like Yeah, pretty close. We're pretty much on board with all these. I just want to say like pretty tight. Pretty Yeah. I like your top 5 running backs. Uh next up we have Najee Harris, rookie running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Andrew, you're down on my boy Najee a little bit. at number 19. Yep. I have him at 15 comparatively. I think I think I'm a little closer to industry standard. I think I'm a little behind. You are very mm-hmm. down on Mr. Harris compared I'm lower to than the most. industry standard. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first with my argument. Uh, Steelers offensive line did get worse. I will Don't say that. Yeah. Uh, situationally, Mike Tomlin, you know, has has a tendency to use one running back and ride them into the ground. We've seen that with, you know, Le'Veon Bell. We've seen that with James Conner. Uh, I'm totally blanking on the guy before Bell. I remember it was a really, really silly oh, name. Richard Mendenhall. Hey, you know, there, there is, is that yeah. history of that one ride or die player. Uh, and I know that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's assuming, but I feel pretty strong that that's going to be what they try to do. We saw Big Ben look washed at the end of last season. So I think they have to figure out how they're going to handle that. One way of handling that is a strong running game. Here's a rookie who played at the highest levels of college, looked phenomenal, is bringing every aspect of good running back to the Steelers. He can catch it. He can run it. He can do it all. I think he's going to excel. He is going to get a huge workload. And when it comes to running backs, that's what's most important. You know, when you get that workload, it, a lot of that comes down to opportunity. We saw we saw James Robinson play for an awful team last season. We saw him 
maybe not have the best physical traits, but that guy ate. He had targets, receptions, rushes. It was bonkers, and he finished as number seven overall. I think Najee Harris is a top 20 running back, folks, show. I think he's number 15. You are a little more pessimistic, but opportunity is king, and I think he has enough talent to make the most of his opportunities. All right. I love Najee. My favorite running back coming out of this draft class. I do. I think he's very talented, and he is just a walking highlight reel. He was awesome. I just I loved watching last season, uh, his college performance. I don't really have a problem with Najee Harris. I have a problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You brought up the offensive line. It got worse. I think that's an understatement. It got way worse. They lost left tackle. Alejandro Villanueva, they lost center Marquise Pouncey, right guard David DeCastro, and right tackle Matt Filer. That is a combined 17 Pro Bowl appearances and five first-team All-Pro appearances gone. Just disappeared. So now they have a worse offensive line, a new offensive line, which is very difficult, by the way. They already have the worst-ranked offensive line, according to Pro Football Network. It's... It's, it's going to hinder Najee Harris's fantasy impact. Now, the good news is that the volume of Najee Harris is going to keep him in the top 20. I just think it's going to be definitely in the lower end. But it, it, we're talking about a Steelers team who annoyingly throws the ball a lot. Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 608 times. That is the third most passing attempts among quarterbacks last season. That's not really going to change. I don't see that changing at all. And it's going to be really frustrating. Najee Harris is a capable receiving back. But when it comes to receivers, there are a lot of weapons on this team. There's Juju, there's Claypool, there's Deontay Johnson, all capable of catching short passes. So I think that hinders Najee Harris's receiving game as well. 19 might be slightly low. I think that's. That's kind of low, but when I look at DeAndre Swift, Chris Carson, J.K. Dobbins, I would rather have all of those guys over Najee Harris. And if you did too, he would be in a similar situation as I have him ranked. And that's really the big difference. It's not a knock on Najee Harris. It's a knock on the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way their offense is run, and their offensive line, the way their offense is built. So. That's really it. It's going to be a lower end, which is also a reason why I'm not drafting him in uh, in many fantasy leagues because he's being drafted in the fourth round, and I think he's more of a fifth or sixth. Things overhyped. That's all I got. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I'm still buying the Najee Kool Aid. Do I think he has a chance to finish as a number one overall RB? No, but I think his ceiling is a top 10 and he will get the opportunities on a team that does have a run first mentality. We'll see how it goes, my man. Next up, we have a, uh, I think this one is going to get a little heated. Uh, It might. I feel a little bad about this one. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, you have him at number 16. I have him at number 20. So basically a reverse of our Najee Harris position. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Andrew, you make your pitch first. Ooh, okay. Mixing it up a little bit. So last season, J.K. Dobbins finished as the running back 21. I think we can all agree that there's going to be some improvements being made. He's going to improve to around the 15, 16, 17 spot. He was the running back 11 from weeks 11 to 17. And if you remember those weeks, those were the weeks where the Baltimore Ravens finally kind of kicked it into gear and they, they figured things out. That was their, I guess that was the time where the Ravens became good again. He had the highest percentage of 15-plus yard carries last year as well, so he has these long runs more than any other running back last season. He is the red zone runner for the Baltimore Ravens. He will get the touchdowns like he did last year with nine, and he's going to, I strongly believe, he's going to improve on those nine rushing touchdowns because he didn't play the first five weeks. He didn't start the first five weeks. He carried the ball, I think, like seven times max for the first five weeks. And he got 800 rushing yards without starting the first five weeks. I know Lamar ja- the, the main argument against J.K. Dobbins is Lamar Jackson is the RB1. Technically, yes. Last year, we saw Lamar Jackson run the ball for over 1,000 yards. However, with less competition this year with Mark Ingram gone, and another year of J.K. Dobbins, he is going to take a step forward. He's going to improve on the 800 rushing yards, and he's going to improve on the nine rushing touchdowns because he's going to start more weeks. Jumping from the 21 like he did last season to the 16 is not that inconceivable. So it's really just projecting if he performed the same, if he starts every week for the 17 games that he does play. Because Lamar Jackson's gonna, always going to get that 1,000 to, to 1,200 rushing yards. J.K. Dobbins is going to be around 900 to 1,100 with close to double-digit TDs. And if you look uh, at the stats, that's around that 15-16 mark. How many yards did you estimate Lamar Jackson would rush for? Uh, a thousand to twelve hundred. Wow, that sounds like enough to push him in the top five. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, come on, he's not going to throw the ball at all, though. He had like twenty passing touchdowns last season. Yeah, Andrew, I have a hard time arguing against you for J.K. Dobbins. I think Mm -hmm. he really is a really good player. When given the opportunity, he is electric, uh, and he's he's a great player. I'm not going to take that away from you. The only thing that gives me pause is his involvement in this offense. We saw him heavily share this offense with Gus Edwards, Lamar Jackson. You know, these are two, I'm not going to say, well, okay, Lamar Jackson's an elite rushing option. Gus Mm -hmm. Edwards, you know, he is a thorn in the side of J.K. Dobbins. And I really don't see them, you know, getting away from the formula that they used last season. They had a really successful rushing attack last season. Uh, and there's nothing that I think, you know, is going to change the way they divvied it up. They added passing weapons, so that shouldn't change. Um, however, you know, I just, I just really think Gus Edwards, I think his role is going to grow, grow a little bit. I think he's going to essentially just adopt that Mark Ingram 
role that was kind of there. I think it's going to be a 1A, 1B situation. Um, not saying J.K. Dobbins isn't good, because he is, but I just think he's losing too much work to Jackson and Edwards to make him somebody I could be more excited for. If he was playing with like a Matt Ryan, pretend Matt oh, Ryan yeah. was the QB for the pass. Ravens, and there wasn't mm-hmm. Gus Edwards, I mean, he'd be a top 10. But yeah, it's just not the situation. So, you know, that's what gives me pause. And I just think mm. he's not going to get the opportunity to really show what he can do. He's a peacock and they're not letting him strut. Not letting him, I think <laughs> I think it's not letting him fly. I don't know. Peacocks uh, can't fly. That's the joke. That's idiot. The, thing. the other guys. It's a great movie. I'm a peacock. That is, let me yeah, fly. That's, that's what I was okay. trying to get at. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I here's, here's a question. Oh, let's hear it. The first five games where he didn't start, you're saying that that Gus Edwards is basically going to compensate for those first five weeks where Mark no. Ingram was involved. No. Nope. So who's it going to go to? Is it just going to, like, because if you give J.K. Dobbins five more weeks as a starting running back where he got 800 rushing yards, and nine rushing TDs, you're going to see that bump up to 1,100 rushing yards and 12 TDs, which is yeah. a, a running back 16. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a 60-40 split. Um, and I just think other people have a, a, a better opportunity to land in that okay. top top 16. This is not as involved as I believe he will be. Uh, and, and, and truly, uh, Andrew, honestly, if there's one rank I'm self-conscious of, it's my J.K. Yeah. Dobbins rank. So, you know, I completely get that. It, you know, and mm-hmm. the next player we're going to talk about is Josh Jacobs, who I have ahead of J.K. Dobbins. You know, there's a very real world <laughs> where, you know, I was wrong on both of those guys and they kind of flip-flop. Mm-hmm. So I'm self-conscious of a J.K. Dobbins. I think he's a great player. And if anybody can prove me wrong, it's J.K. Dobbins. All right. Uh, as I alluded, the next play we're going to talk about is Josh Jacobs. I have him at number 18. Andrew, he is not ranked in your top 20. I will no. introduce my first argument here. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a good running back. We have seen it since he entered the NFL. He is a strong runner, good vision. He is a productive player. Unfortunately, he's been stuck with the... I'm trying to think of a polite term. Uh, I'll just say... My favorite team, the Raiders. I have a lot of frustration with this team. I have a lot of frustration with his coaching staff. I will leave it at that. Uh, and they're just, you know, they're not utilizing Josh Jacobs to the most of his ability. I think I he is one of the league's that. better runners. I think he's one of the league's better receivers. They're not using him in that capacity, even though they should. They introduced Kenyon Drake to this backfield, which absolutely drives me crazy i think josh jacobs is talent alone a top 10 running back uh, but because of his current situation sharing the load with Kenyon drake that puts him at number 18 for me i think he will get enough opportunity and enough of a workload to warrant a top 20 position uh have him just inside at number 18 i don't think Kenyon drake Kenyon drake will be as big of a thorn in the side of josh jacobs as people anticipate I think a lot of people are rightfully afraid of Jacobs, but I think he's coming at a discount right now. I think you are going to get strong RB2 production out of Josh Jacobs behind a pretty darn good Raider 
offensive line, which admittedly has taken a step back. Uh, but I think it's still good enough for Josh Jacobs to do some damage. All right, Josh Jacobs. If we had to extend our list, our top 20 list to top 21, he would probably be there. I I was contemplating putting him at number 20. Uh, the reason we're talking about him is because I just didn't put him in my number 20 spot, which we'll talk about that player next. But this is, I, I guess, is the the player that I could be completely wrong on, that I feel like I would be wrong on. Josh Jacobs finished as the RB8 last year, which is amazing. He doesn't have that ceiling anymore because they brought in Kenyon Drake. But I do agree with your basically all of your points. I think he is a good RB2. I love his talent. I think he definitely is a top 10 talent. And he is a very good pass catcher. He was in college, but they just didn't throw the ball to him for the last two years. Uh, I, I guess I was going to say in Oakland, but they were also in Vegas. But it, it's really just Kenyon Drake that's the biggest issue. And it's the unknown is why I don't have him on this list yet. If Kenyon Drake didn't go to the Raiders, Josh Jacobs would be a borderline top 10 for me. So it, it's just the, the Raiders have a below par offensive line. I really don't like how their offense is being run. I think we can both agree on that. So I, I don't really have any arguments for what you said. He's just a, a fringe top 24. And that's all. That's really it. Yeah, no, I not a, I, not a big argument. There. Yeah, I think that's kind of a risky pick. People are just kind of to figure out, mm-hmm. figure out what they feel there. Uh, what your risk tolerance is. I think his floor is a excellent running back uh, with a guaranteed role. So to yeah. me, that is legit valuable. This last player we are addressing is a player who I know is near and dear to your heart. Oh. Miles Gaskin is number 20 for you. I don't have him in my top 20. Mm-hmm. I'd probably, he'd probably make my top 25. Um, yep. But, Here's the deal. This Dolphins team is extremely new look. I think Mm -hmm. they are going to move further from the run and incorporate more of their new passing options. And I just don't think Miles Gaskins is special. I just truly don't think that. And I'm I'm legit afraid they're going to bring in another running back before the season starts. Whether it be Todd Gurley. You know, I think there's you know Le'Veon Bell. Not not great oh, options by any stretch, but, but enough en- enough to take away yep. from Miles Gaskin and what he has going on right now. I don't think he's that special. I think James Robinson is a much better player. Uh, I think it was just right place at the right time, and he did really well with the opportunity he was given. So I, please don't take that away from him. But I just don't think he's special, um, and I, I think he'll be able to get stopped. So I I think between them bringing in competition. Him not being special, the team changing how they choose to attack. I think Miles Gaskin is he was last year's delight. I think he's gonna be this year's disappointment. All right. But look at Miles Gaskin. <laughs> I don't see a, an elite running back. I just see a man with opportunity. And I think that that's why I love him for this year. Because last year he established that he could be the starting running back for this team. 
I think this is his last year of being fantasy relevant, though. That's why I traded him in Dynasty, even though it was sad to let him go. The Dolphins do not plan to keep Miles Gaskin for a long time. So this is it. This is going to be his swan song, his second year in the NFL. Uh, last year, he finished as a running back 27. He did miss like six games. Uh, so there's, I guess you got to take injury in, into account there. He was a good runner. He averaged the seventh most touches per game among, among running backs, but he was actually really good at pass catching. He had the second best catch rate among running backs at 87%. He also had the best yards per target with 8.3 yards. That's really good for running. That's what you want in running backs. You want that dual threat capability. There's not too much competition in Miami. I know there's Malcolm Brown. Uh, they drafted sixth rounder Jared Dokes. I'm pretty sure he was a sixth, and Selvin Ahmed is there as well. But Gaskin is the clear number one. So as long as he stays healthy, he should be a RB2 this season. If you calculate the stats, his average position finish on weeks that he plays, he finishes as the RB19, which is really good. It's, yeah, like I said, this is, this is it. But I guess you talked about how you think Miami is going to throw the ball more. And I, I agree. You brought in Will Fuller as a, as a deep threat. But I think the addition of Will Fuller can possibly push the defenders back a little bit, giving Gaskin a couple extra yards per carry. So he is really just an average guy, just an average kind of kind of runner. He's very similar to like, I guess, how I feel about Mike Davis in terms of they're not a top talent, but if they have the opportunity, they should do okay with it. And just because I like Miles Gaskin, I think putting him at top 20 was a, was a little biased. It's a little bold. Um, top 25 is definitely where he should be at. But, you know, I like the guy. I like the Dolphins. If they improve on their offensive line, I think Miles Gaskin should have uh, some great games if he stays healthy. That's, that's really about it. Yeah. No, I, once again, I, I can't knock you. He's, he's a very good feel-good story. And at mm-hmm. RB20, you know, you got to shoot your shot. Uh, and Andrew, that wraps up our cage match running back episode. Everyone, please shoot us a social media shout out. Let us know who's right, who's wrong, who's stupid, who please. is smart, <laughs> and why Andrew's wrong. So everybody, thank you again so much for listening. If we can ask a small favor, if you can, please leave a review or a rating on whatever platform it is you choose to listen to us on. It makes a huge difference to us, keeps the lights on, and helps spread the word. Thank you all again so much for your patronage, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We're getting closer to the next NFL season. Stay with us. We will bring you the greatest, the latest, in how to win your league this season. Catch you next time.